Common Sensors Podcast Consumers. Welcome to episode 58 of Common Sense Sundays with Go Tell Us the Wall, hosted by me, of course, your absolute favorite podcast host, the one and only Sean O'Rourke, on another fine Sunday afternoon. Uh, lots of common sense to get into this week, but we all we of course always, always kick things off with our social plugs. You can keep up with us. Before episodes, after episodes, during episodes, whenever you so please, and you can do that in multiple locations. One of those would be facebook.com slash go tell it to the wall. That's right, facebook.com slash go tell it to the wall. Make sure you follow our page if you're a Facebook user. I think everybody's a Facebook user just about. I know there's a lot of people out there that jumped off the Facebook, but I, I there is a very large crossover with our podcast listeners who are actually also Facebook users, uh, so make sure you follow our page on Facebook. Uh, and of course, my own personal Instagram account, which is at SoCalSean, S-O-C-A-L-S-E-A-N, at SoCalSean. All kinds of great content up there. Uh, recently had some photos from Bruce Gasca last weekend, which I said were going to be posted. I think I mentioned that last week uh, during episode 57. Those are all up there, so make sure you check that out. Uh, I I take stuff with my phone, so it's not like... And I won't say I'm a great photographer, but I have I have studied photography a little bit. When I actually am paying attention to what I'm doing, a little bit better. Uh, so Instagram isn't kind of that that kind of stuff. You can check out my portfolio that's kind of all over the place. Uh, but there are some good photos on there. They're all just done with my phone. And I'm usually jumping around at a show, which was funny because there's a Lesson Jake video that's very shaky, but it's because I can't stand still when a band like Lesson Jake is playing live. Uh, and of course, our YouTube channel, Head over to youtube.com slash go tell it to the wall. Subscribe to our channel. You're going to find all of our beer reviews, mental health Monday playlists, parenting playlists, and, of course, video feeds from all of our episodes. Uh, not only Common Sense Sundays, but our prior episodes, which were just known as go tell it to the wall uh, before we shifted to Sundays. Thank you, COVID. Uh, and if you can't remember any of that stuff, although it's easy, you just need to search go tell it to the wall. Uh, you can remember one thing, and that would be SeanOWorkLive.com. That is our official website, one-stop shop for everything that is Common Sense Sundays, Go Tell It to the Wall, and of course me, uh, Sean O'Rourke. So make sure you bookmark that one. You're going to find links to those platforms I just mentioned. You're also going to find a link to our Patreon campaign page, whatever we call it. Uh, so if you see fit to do so, please help us out financially. Every dollar helps to keep this studio running, uh, bringing in new concepts, new stuff, all that all that greatness that is uh, that is encompassed through common sense i guess yeah yeah i don't know where i'm going with this one but please help us out on patreon and if you don't want to do that but you still want to help us out and you want to have some awesome common sense merch uh check out our merch website which will link directly from seanoworklive.com pick up some t-shirts mugs sweatshirts whatever you so please not really whatever you so please whatever we have up there which i can't even keep track of i got to do some updating on there we do have a new logo that's going to be going up there as soon as i have the time to actually uh Get stuff organized on the good old merch site there. So so check us out. There is stuff up there, but new stuff will be coming. Uh, get stuff now, and then you can get new stuff when that comes out as well. So make sure you're checking out that merch site. And I will say, before we get into some digital trends here, uh, I my my mood has been improving ever since we had that little break there, and you know I was real open with everyone. But now it's 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 improving even more uh, because especially after last weekend where I was standing out in the sun for like seven hours, which I don't usually mind, but I've been getting tired of the heat. I am not a heat person. I I, I prefer a little little colder weather. 
we don't get snow here in Southern California, but the weather does cool down uh, once fall starts starts creeping up on us, and we're finally hitting a little bit of a cool down. Uh, of course, it's still like 80 degrees here today, but it's better than that 95 degree stuff that we've been having recently. Uh, and actually cooling down at night. I was out at a show on Friday. Uh, immediately when I got out of the car, I put my jacket on. I was like, and it, what, it's funny because it wasn't cold per se, but we've been dealing with this heat that as soon as it gets down into the 60s, you're like, ooh, it's time for a time for a sweatshirt. And I love hoodie season. As soon as we get into that, I start pulling the hoodies out and I have entirely too many. I was joking with my sis, Laura. They're all black, but they are different. Uh, my wife likes to give me a hard time about that, but it's okay. I can never get enough hoodies. I did keep myself from buying a chaser hoodie on Friday. C- came close. Probably going to end up with one of those eventually, but I was like, no, no. You got to get through all these other hoodies that, uh, <laughs> that you haven't even worn uh, in like a year plus, or even more than that, like never worn because went on a little buying spree during COVID trying to support bands and, and some companies out there and everything. And, and of course, there's some sweatshirts sitting there that just haven't been worn because I wasn't going outside as much. I've been stuck inside, but now actually leaving the house a little more compared to uh, like a year, year and a half ago. All right, let's move on to some digital trends. Oh, trending for the past like entire week was the Met Gala. Yes, the Met Gala. It's, some, it's a gala. Uh, I will say galas are not something I have frequented throughout my life. I don't know that I've ever been to a gala, uh, possibly, but I, I think anytime I've been to a gala or something similar, uh, I was being paid to be there, either hosting something uh, or, or working marketing for something. It's not something that I do with my free time. Uh, and if you're someone that enjoys a, a nice gala, that's fine. It's just not for me. Uh, and I will say, people were losing their minds, of course. But really, this Met Gala thing, I, zero, I have zero interest. It's really just wealthy people showing off ridiculous dresses. And of course, you can't avoid it because it's all over the social platforms. That's we, why we have it here in Digital Trends. Uh, just... I don't understand the fascination people have with with wealthy people out there showing off. It's like, okay. Uh, And then, of course, we had, I won't even call it a controversy, but there was some back and forth with uh, uh, AOC's dress uh, that said tax the rich. I don't fall passionately on either side of this. I will say, to me, it's a little frivolous. (laughs) And and the argument is, oh, she didn't didn't pay uh, to go to this event. That's fine. That's not what's... What gets me is it's such a shallow, hollow gesture. We're talking about someone that, that has uh, capacity and ability to make actual change, and instead she's going to a gala with a bunch of rich people uh, and putting something on the back of her dress. And this is my favorite thing. I want to point this out because I've pointed this out so many times before. Um, and that brings me to my next point. Trending on socials doesn't always make a difference. Yes, sometimes it does. You know, Most times when it does, it's something in the entertainment realm. Nobody's lives are necessarily getting changed from social media. Now, of course, if, if, if a child goes missing or something like that, yes, you can help, uh, you know, or GoFundMe, which is, I still say is a lot of bullshit in this country because we're doing so much GoFundMe for health care, which makes no sense in the wealthiest country in the world. Uh, you know, so I get those things. However, just because something's trending doesn't mean it's actually making a difference. And a lot of argument from one side was, yeah, it was silly, but we had Tax the Rich trending on Twitter and Google for two days. And it's like, so? Are we actually taxing the rich now that it was trending? No, it's just trending because people are searching it, looking at this dress and everything else. And I've said this many times before in the past. The the percentage of people uh, based on the world population who are on Twitter and on social platforms is very small. It's very small. So just because something's trending doesn't mean we're going to see an actual change here. 
Um, and, and it's fine. It, this is not something I would be passionate enough about to say, what is she doing? Uh, but I, it's it, to me, it is just a completely hollow gesture. And, you know, maybe go back to Congress and try to pass things as opposed to just wearing a, a designer dress. Uh, and then I didn't look into it closely enough, but we're finding out now that the, the designer of the dress has racked up a bunch of debt in various states and not, actually not paying bills. So maybe tax the designer who's <laughs> not actually paying their fair share. Uh, but that's just how things are in this day and age. Uh, but don't don't take a trend on social media for for uh, an indicator of actual change because a lot of times it's not. It's just trending because people are searching it. And and even tons of people searching it, half those people probably are searching it because they're upset about it. They don't want to tax the rich. They're just searching it so that they can angry tweet and, and argue with people online because that's half of what social media is, probably more than half. But I only see a fraction of it because I tend to avoid the, the arguing on, on the social platforms. All right, Perez Hilton. God, I can't believe I'm saying that guy's name on this podcast, but I feel I need to. A, uh, a New York Times article, or one of those New York newspapers, came out uh, either yesterday or today. Uh, and it was a bit of a sob piece for Perez Hilton, so I felt I needed to take, take the time to point out that uh, Perez Hilton is one of the original assholes uh, when it comes to, to digital platforms, specifically websites. This is... This, this guy made made his bones kind of even before social media was big uh, and did it by trolling and trying to cancel multiple people for n- not necessarily good reasons. We're talking about, like I said, the original asshole. Uh, so, so don't feel bad for this person uh, at all. There's just there's no reason to. Uh, I, I remember I was working in marketing for a, a very large company uh, whose mascot may or may not be a mouse. And we constantly had to deal with backlash uh, from stuff that would, would go through the Perez Hilton website. And it was unnecessary. It's not hard-hitting news or even feel good. Nope, nope, it's just it's trolling. It's trolling. So I'm not going to feel bad for the guy uh, who built his, his, his empire and career on a bunch of bullshit and being an asshole. Uh, you know, just, just fade into non-existence. Call it a day. The original person really, well, not the original. I said the original were mothers in the 90s. Uh, but one of the original cancel people, cancel culture people, trying to cancel others for no good reason. No good reason. So avoid Perez Hilton. Don't feel bad because there's some puff piece put out by a New York newspaper. All right. We have yet another ridiculous challenge. That's right. These always come from TikTok now because uh, that's where the ridiculous challenges end up gaining steam and, and coming out into the, the forefront of things. And this would be the Devious Licks Challenge. This isn't people licking ice cream uh, like we had a couple years ago. Uh, this is actually simply revolves around uh, stealing things from schools. Not even kidding. Stealing school property. Uh, people posting videos of them stealing stuff like microscopes and little things too. I, stealing pens, I'm sure. But microscopes, probably computers, all kinds of ridiculous things. And they're, they're posting these on, on TikTok, of course, which I will remind everyone, uh, you shouldn't commit crimes to begin with. But if you're going to commit crimes, don't put them out on a social platform that is public because uh, it's, it's going to increase your chances of getting caught. Uh, then again, Darwinism says that these people are going to continue posting these things on social media and then make it easier for them to get caught. Uh, now, of course, as with a lot of things, TikTok has been removing these videos uh, but you know, once once a trend starts, once a challenge starts, people are just going to continue on with it, you know. And and then they'll hopefully they'll be done with it soon. Uh, you don't see a lot of the milk crates <laughs> anymore, uh, probably because a lot of those people died 
uh, or they're currently in the hospital uh, or died because they broke a bone and couldn't get into a hospital and uh, because of all the the, uh, the non-vaxxers, the anti-vaxxers who are ending up in the hospital with COVID issues. Uh, it's literally just criminal activity. <laughs> I actually saw the uh, one of the school districts down there in San Diego was warning parents uh, that this is becoming a trend down there. Just, you know, common sense. I, I, blows my mind. Just because some social platform tells, go steal things. Like, really? Takes us back to my mother. If everyone jumped off a bridge, would you jump off it? No. No. All right, hashtag, we got a couple hashtags here, and I'm, in, I'm actually enjoying these. Somewhat wholesome, somewhat funny. Uh, hashtag movie cheers. Uh, so people are sharing their experiences with a movie theater erupting into cheering and applause and whatnot. Uh, it was a big thing when Avengers Endgame came out. You saw all those videos of people clapping in the theater uh, when, when Captain America grabs the, you know, the hammer or goes flying into his hand or when all the people that we thought were gone suddenly appear for the big battle at the end. And I'm not spoiling anything. For God's sake, if you haven't seen it yet, you, <laughs> you're out of the loop. Uh, so so I do appreciate this. Now, i got to be honest. In my experience, I haven't seen a ton of... I haven't been in theaters a lot when things like this have happened. Uh, despite the fact that I went to film school, I don't... I, I, you know, As a kid, everyone goes to the movies as a kid, especially in the 90s. Now, I don't know, I don't know if my kid's going to grow up and be a big movie-goer. Just because technology's caught up and it's like we can just have the... you got an 80-inch TV screen. You can sit on your couch not pay $50 for a popcorn and a soda. Maybe you're staying at home a little more. But, of course, you know, as a teenager, I was at the movies quite a bit. Uh, but I, I can honestly say I haven't seen a lot of this. And I will say the the two times I can think of uh, that, that there was actually cheering uh, both revolve around Star Wars properties. Now, if you remember back in the 90s, they re-released... Uh, the first three Star Wars movies in theaters. And I do remember uh, going to see A New Hope, Episode 4, the original Star Wars film, uh, and people cheering quite a bit when, when the scroll started. If you're familiar with Star Wars, you know the scroll. If you're not familiar with Star Wars, you probably still know the word scroll there. Uh, so that was one of them. And the other one was when The Force Awakens came out. Somehow I found myself at the movie theater, uh, El Capitan there down in, uh, in Hollywood, opening night for The Force Awakens. I'm not usually an opening night person, but uh, somebody had extra tickets and I found myself down there. There was quite a bit of cheering when that film started and throughout a couple moments of the, the actual film. Uh, so those would be my experience, but I know there's a lot out there. So if you're interested, uh, check that out because that's just good, wholesome fun. You know, we have dumb challenges, but then we also have stuff that you can get some entertainment out of, and that would be one of them. Uh, this, this would be another one too, especially if you're a parent, but even if you're not... You're probably going to enjoy this hashtag. And that would be hashtag song titles that parents say. Really tons of clean fun. Uh, now, I, I've seen a lot of them out there that, you know, <laughs> you're, th you're thinking of song titles and maybe it's changed slightly or the exact song title. And it's like, stop that. And I don't know that there's a song called Stop That. But you, you get where I'm going with this. And I will say, there, I have one. I, have a, I think I have a few personally. But the first one that came to mind, uh, and it's a lesson now, but especially when my daughter was potty training, you know, we'd get her to go, you get her to go potty. You got to encourage the kids uh, at a certain age to actually go potty. You got to remind them so there's no accidents and that kind of stuff. Uh, so I found myself saying, it's potty time, excellent. Uh, now, I'm aging myself there, of course. That would be a Wayne's World reference. Uh, but there's all kinds of stuff. We, there's a lot of singing in my house. And I know this is a common parenting thing. Uh, kids learn stuff. And, and my daughter has taken to making up her own songs because that's something my wife and I both do kind of throughout the day, even even when my kid's not around, I'm making up weird songs. 
I don't really do it in public too much, but in the privacy of my own, my own home, making up song lyrics and whatnot. Uh, so check that one out. Tons of clean fun, like I said. Uh, and of course, I, I'd be remiss if I didn't bring this one up. That would be hashtag talk like a pirate day. Uh, this was really one of the first silly days uh, before stuff started becoming popular. And this, I believe, even precedes the heavy use of hashtags. Uh, talk like a pirate day. You'd hear, it, hear a lot about it on the radio and people are running around going, Arr, you know. Um, so I'd be remiss if I didn't, uh, didn't point that out. And especially how it sparked quite a trend uh, when it comes to today's, to you know, national, like the other day was National Double Cheeseburger Day. And it was funny because I said to my wife, I was like, ah, we got I got to have a double cheese, jokingly. Uh, and unfortunately, she pointed out that I had eaten a double cheeseburger the night before. So it probably wouldn't have been a good idea to, to have a double cheeseburger for dinner two nights in a row. Although I uh, can't say I've never done that before. Uh, so hashtag talk like a pirate day. Share that hashtag as you're talking like a pirate, I guess. I don't know. I, what, I mean, I can't think of anything. Matey? Arr, matey. Like, what else What else? talking like a pirate is there? All right, let's get in some COVID updates. All right. Good old California. We're actually seeing quite a decrease here in uh, California. Had about a 30% drop recently in, in positive COVID cases here uh, in the Golden State. Uh, as usual, uh, pretty pretty happy to see that being a California resident and being a proud California resident, despite the fact that there's a lot of people living in the state that are not proud to be California residents. Uh, and this is, this is one of the best nationwide numbers wise, which is extra great because this, we have a very large population here in California. Uh, so the fact that we can keep the numbers down, despite there being such a large population, uh, is really a testament to, to the, the civic responsibility of, of many people here in California. Uh, and also really uh, thanks to our, our government here, and I'm not here to sing the praises of any kind of government, uh, but I do often thank God for California for that reason. We're going to talk a little bit about another state uh, that is not doing such a good job. Uh, and this was very evident this past week. Uh, if you're not familiar with this, we had a we had a little recall election here uh, less than a week ago in California, and I had, I had mailed in my ballot like a week before, uh, so I know my vote was counted and everything else. But, of course, they had polls on Tuesday uh, for the, the governor recall, uh, and this, I, I'll be honest, I actually sweated this one out a little bit. And this isn't because I, and I've said this so many times on the podcast, um, even if you are a Republican, I am not a Democrat, I'm not a Republican, I am a registered independent. Now, I do tend to lean a little more Democratic on certain policies, uh, obviously, because I'm very progressive, you know, uh, when it comes to same-sex marriage, things like that. Uh, so, so I do lean that way. But this was on another level, because this wasn't necessarily just Republican versus Democrat. This was a guy named Larry Elder who I mentioned recently on the podcast, um, who, who was soundly defeated. Uh, and in fact, Gavin Newsom, without getting into too much ridiculous political detail, uh, he actually beat back the recall uh, by a larger margin than when he originally won uh, the election in 2018 uh, when he became governor, was elected governor of California. And it's, it just goes to show that people do care about uh, taking care of COVID and the COVID mandates. Uh, now, there's obviously some people out there complaining and protesting and everything else, but Larry Elder fell so far on the other side of this uh, that the, he just didn't have a chance. In fact, I think the, the because Elder was the leading candidate to possibly replace, replace Newsom, uh, that's what got even more people out there voting. And I have a feeling there were quite a few Republicans that were like, okay, I'm a Republican, but I'm not going to vote for Larry Elder. I don't want Larry Elder to become governor of California uh, because he was going to roll back vaccine mandates and masking in schools and all kinds of stuff. And on top of that, the guy is, is a sexist, 
racist son of a bitch who doesn't believe in things like the minimum wage, doesn't believe that uh, that people of color in this country are, are marginalized in any way, despite the fact that the man is a person of color. You know, I guess it's different when you're, you know, ridiculously wealthy like he is. I don't think he's ridiculously wealthy, but the guy's wealthy enough that he didn't want to share his tax returns. Uh, so, so thank God for that. Thank God for California, and it's nice to see uh, some civic responsibility from from the citizens of this this fine state, uh, which, like I said, I love it here. <laughs> a lot of people don't like it here. Uh, you know, those people are, are welcome to leave. Uh, and we look at another example of a state where they are not doing well, and that would be Mississippi. Uh, in Mississippi, they have the most deaths per capita in the United States of America. They're by far doing the worst when you look at it from a per capita standpoint. They don't have a large population in that state, uh, but they have the most deaths per capita. Uh, and in fact, the interesting, the interesting tidbit here is if Mississippi was a country, it would be the second worst country in the world when it comes to deaths per capita. Uh, and there was an interesting interview with the governor of Mississippi just making excuses and no actual changes to, to how they are handling uh, the COVID outbreak within his state. He just doesn't care. And you see the lack of caring from certain governor, government officials, and it's really, you can, you can see that firsthand just, just from this interview. Um, it's, it's really amazing to, to think about that. All right, one more COVID thing I want to talk about. And this really could have gone into social or you know digital trends, but I chose to leave it in, in COVID because it was so strongly related to COVID. Uh, Nicki Minaj, who is a, a rapper, an artist, music, musician, I'm... I've heard of her. I, I am not really super familiar with her music. Not my type of music. There's, I'm not saying it's terrible music. It's just it's not for me, unless it's four chords and a guy yelling at a guy or man or woman yelling into a microphone. Don't or some horns. Everything else doesn't usually tend to fall into my wheelhouse. Uh, but she was she was catching flack and getting some praise uh, for spreading mis- misinformation about a cousin that she had in Trinidad. It was either her cousin or her cousin's friend uh, who claimed that his testicles became enlarged because of the COVID vaccine. Uh, now, we know with just a little bit of fact-checking, we know that this is not actually a symptom of, of any kind of side effect from the COVID vaccine. Uh, it is, in fact, a, a symptom of many STDs, sexually transmitted diseases. So, so most likely, uh, this cousin or this cousin's friend was, was completely fabricating a story uh, to cover up the fact that he probably caught an STD because... <laughs> You know, I guess that's more embarrassing than telling people your testicles are enlarged because of a vaccine. So that's, yeah, that's how it is. Uh, I, I Now, of course, a lot of people were immediately like, whoa, why are we spreading misinformation? I believe Twitter even removed the tweet and people were like, oh, they're silenced. Like, no, no, they're not silencing. They are being responsible when it comes to COVID because this is spreading misinformation regarding the COVID vaccine. That's, that's, it's just, it's black and white when it comes to that. There's no gray area here. Uh, you can complain all you want. Uh, but, of course, a lot of people that are on the anti-vax side of things, specifically Fox News, ran with this story. And the reason I I think that's important to point out is, again, the hypocrisy uh, when it comes to a lot of conservatives uh, who, who fall on that side. Uh, these are the A lot of times, if you look at a Venn diagram, these are the same people that, that complain uh, when NBA players speak out on certain things, when other actors, musicians speak out on other things and they tell them to shut up and dribble, shut up and make music, whatever else it is. But then, of course, as soon as a celebrity agrees with them, uh, they go running with it. I'm not going to sit here and say, as much as I obviously disagree with it, I'm not going to say, well, Nicki Minaj needs to keep her mouth shut. No. She can say whatever she wants. It's, it's ridiculous. 
and, and some people out there are dumb enough that they're going to believe their testicles will become enlarged if they get the, the COVID vaccine. Uh, but I'm, I'm not going to say just because I disagree with their opinion that they need to shut up. And that is the, the blatant hypocrisy that we often see here, uh, really worldwide, but especially in the, the United States. It's, it's absolutely amazing. You, you'll see one day on Fox News, oh, the, these, these celebrities need to shut up, and then the next day they're running with a misinformation from a, a what I, I'm, I'm guessing is a B-level celebrity. I don't know. She, maybe her music's popular. I, again, I don't know. I know the name, but that's about it. All right, let's get into some mental health. I don't have a ton of stuff here, uh, but I want to reiterate a little bit uh, now, last week we talked about kind of turning off uh, social platforms when it starts to starts to get to you. Uh, I find myself doing that quite often because I'll I'll see someone post stuff, and you know it was really happening with the governor recall here in California, also with the vaccinations, and you see someone post something, and then everyone's commenting like I'm not a lab rat and everything else, and you just you want to shake your head, and it's you know it's it's it can be infuriating, uh, but I think. There's also important to, to point out resources that are available digitally. Uh, and especially, we have come a long way uh, in the past 20, 30 years, especially the past 20 years. Uh, and I know this for a fact because I dealt with it in my early 20s, trying to navigate the healthcare system and, and get actual help and assistance when it comes to mental illness and mental health. Uh, there's a lot, of, a lot of red tape to get through. And it's not necessarily that they're cutting you off. Uh, but and, and I'm sure many of you out there have experienced this when you've tried to get help uh, from a psychologist or a psychiatrist or really any kind of counselor. You end up going through multiple steps and you're like, but I just need some damn help. Uh, and then it could take you months to get an actual appointment with somebody. Uh, now, one of the great things about technology these days is, and obviously I think it would be better if we could actually get people in front of other people, but there are now companies out there uh, who have things available digitally. There's digital resources available out there where you can actually get appointments and speak to people uh, on your computer. And a lot of times you can get those appointments within like a day or two instead of going through a bunch of steps, waiting a couple months to get an actual appointment face-to-face. -face. Uh, now, obviously, I, this isn't going to work for everybody. And a lot of times it could just be a stopgap. But know that those resources are out there if you're struggling uh, and just need to get in front of someone uh, quicker than if you were trying to go through your insurance. Because that, that's the thing is between uh, healthcare providers and insurance, it, it can really just be madness when you're just you're just trying to get help. You're like, I just need to talk to somebody. I need to, to get my medications uh, refilled or look at getting a different medication, whatever it might be. So those resources are available out there for you. Um, so look them up. I know there's like mood. There's a few of them. And, and again, it might not be the best for everybody, but they are out there. And I think that is uh, as much as we just need an overhaul, an overall, an overall overhaul. Just making up phrases here. I mean, I know realize that works, but that's just a mouthful. And sometimes get a little like making up go tell to the wall phrases here. Uh, you know, it, it is available and maybe it's a stopgap. Maybe it will help you. Uh, maybe it'll help you move on further. Uh, and I will say, like I said, over the past 20 years, that has improved drastically, not only because of technology, but just in general, because healthcare providers are now aware of how important it is. Uh, and that is a way that, that speaking out has, has become a great thing because people have been talking about it for years and they say, we need help when it comes to the mental health sector. Uh, so we've made strides, drastic strides, uh, over the past 20, you know, really 10, 20, 30 years, but especially the past 10 to 20 years. There's also peer groups out there. 
uh, which I've mentioned previously, and I just I wanted to bring up again because they fall into the same category. It's not going to necessarily be professional help, uh, but there's plenty of resources out there where you can reach out to peers. You know, I've always said you can shoot me a message through SeanOrourkeLive.com, and I, I will try to connect you with somebody. I am not an expert. I simply speak on my own experiences, uh, but I can can give you some help based on my experiences or also help to connect you with somebody that can actually give you some real professional help. Uh, so there's a lot of groups out there like that. Specifically, one of them would be uh, Punk Rock Saves Lives Mental Health. Uh, that is one that I often follow. I do follow, uh, but often turn to when it's kind of like, you know, what what's going on with this kind of side of, of mental health and mental illness and, and how are people dealing with this? Uh, and there's plenty of groups out there like that. Uh, so, so if you're looking for something like that, and especially if you don't necessarily, you, you know, you already have professional help, but you just want kind of some peer-based stuff, uh, look for those groups on Facebook. Uh, like Punk Rock Saves Lives Mental Health is on Facebook, but there's plenty of plenty of those out there. You can even go to uh, NAMI, National uh, Association for Mental Illness. Lots of resources out there to just kind of give you stuff that you can read on your own, um, and that can be supplemental to professional help, a stopgap again uh, for professional help, whatever it might be. Uh, when it comes to your own mental health and, and your own uh, mental illness and your own well-being. Because uh, we all need to be a little more open when it comes to that. That's what's given us these strides uh, over the past 20 years is so many people being open. Um, you know, whether it's celebrities or just friends and family, everyone has, has become more honest and open when it comes to mental illness and the importance of mental health uh, really throughout the world, especially here in the U.S. Because I think we're... <laughs> The greatest country on earth, except we're so far behind when it comes to anything related to healthcare. All right, uh, positive news. I'm going to bring him up again because this is just some positive news. Larry Elder losing the the election here. He didn't even lose the election. Didn't even get to him. Uh, everyone voted no, and it was great because uh, there he was sowing the seeds of of uh, disbelief and saying that the the election would be uh, fraudulent. Uh, there, if, if he loses, it'll obviously be, be due to voter fraud. Uh, and he lost so bad that he couldn't even, couldn't even bring that up as a point. Cause he, he lost, he lost by so much. Like I said, Gavin Newsom, uh, actually was, was, vo was voted to be kept in office by a larger margin than when he originally won, uh, the governor seat. And a lot of that is because Larry Elder was just so terrible uh, that that nobody wanted the guy there, even I'm sure many conservatives throughout the state. And in fact, he didn't even win or, win Orange County. I often joke about Orange County. I do love Orange County. I love the music from there. I was just in Orange County on Friday uh, for a concert, but there's obviously a lot of things that need to be worked on down there in Orange County. A lot of anti-masking, anti-vaxxing, all kinds of stuff. Uh, yeah, he couldn't even win Orange County, which, for those of you not familiar with uh, with California, it's often referred to as Reagan County. Yeah. That's, that's actually a phrase that is used uh, regarding Orange County, especially pertaining to elections. Uh, 20 minutes after the polls closed, about 20 minutes. And I, I'll admit, I was sweating it out a little bit. I was like, oh my God, please don't tell me we're going to have a guy who wants to roll back all these mandates and turn us into another Texas or Florida. Uh, but obviously that didn't actually happen in 20 minutes after the polls closed. They called it on, uh, on most news outlets. And it's funny because I saw one of the news outlets come across and be like, oh, Gavin Newsom beats back. And I'm like, no, 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 let's wait. And then AP came through like a minute later. I was like, oh, that's it. That's over. We're done here. Didn't you? <laughs> I'm expecting to you know, sit there for a couple hours and, and check the returns and everything. Nope, no. It was so much of a landslide that we didn't even have to do that. Uh, and he couldn't, like I said, he couldn't even claim fraud from it because there, there was such a sound defeat. Uh, and then, of course, you did see many people complaining 
like, oh, California, this is what you get and everything else. And I'll say it. I've said it before. I'll say it again. Uh, it's been said to me. Uh, if I say the, the tiniest little thing about anything in this country, so we'll move out of the country. Well, goes both ways. You don't like it here in California? Head on out. You can move to uh, to another state. It's it's not that difficult. Plenty of people doing that. We got enough people here anyway. If you don't like it, there's other places to live. I live in California because I love it here. Just, I don't want to go anywhere else. That's just me. If you don't love it here, that's fine. Plenty of other places that you might like a little better. All right, let's get into some parenting. Oh, this news story. I get a little sip of water here. Uh, my voice is completely back. Despite being at a show on Friday, I was not near as loud as uh, as, a, as as I was at Bruce Gaska. Um, but but still got to still got to hydrate, even even with the weather cooling down here. Uh, there was there's a father in Michigan. Uh, he filed a lawsuit against his his daughter's school, uh, and what happened was a child a, a child a teacher cut his child's hair without permission. Uh, now, if you dive into this a little bit. The teacher didn't mean anything malicious by it, uh, but regardless of intention, no teacher has a right to to cut a child's hair. Uh, I've actually not really dealt with it. I'm going to don't read too much into that when I say dealt with this firsthand. I never had a teacher actually cut my hair, uh, but I had kind of long, you know, in the it was the 90s. I had like a step cut, and my hair was quite long, like long like it is now, but it was much thicker, and it was just a step cut, and it was unkempt a lot of times because, you know, I was a, a 10, 11, 12-year-old boy going to middle school and didn't really take care of my hair too much. Uh, I had a seventh grade teacher who uh, actually would, would tease me about my hair, but not maliciously, uh, just, just be like, you need a haircut, you need, and it w- turned into a quite the running joke, uh, which actually ended up working to my advantage uh, a little bit because uh, we would often have assignments due like the next day, let's say a book report or whatever it might be. uh, And my teacher would say to the class, if Sean gets his haircut this week or tonight or whatever, then we'll move back the due date for that, that report or whatever assignment it might've been. Uh, And it became quite hilarious because I would, I would hold it over my classmates heads and again, not in a malicious way, but they, I, I would be like, I don't know, should I get my, should I cut my hair, should I get my hair cut? And I'd get phone calls at my house, and this is, this is pre-cell phones, emails, text messaging, all that stuff. My phone would ring, and my, you know, my mother, father would be answering it, phone's for you again, and it'd be one of my classmates going, hey, uh, you can actually cut your hair, and not trying to necessarily convince me, but they wanted to know if their assignment was going to be due the next day, or if they had an extra week, whatever it might have been, uh, to actually complete their assignment. Now, again, in no no way, form, anything, did, did my teacher actually cut my hair. Uh, so there is no excuse for that. And, and I hope that this father does win the lawsuit uh, and it sets a precedent because you, can, you just can't be doing that. You, that that's not a teacher's, uh, teacher's job responsibility to cut a child's hair ever. I can tell you if, if a teacher cut my daughter's hair while she was at school, I'd be furious. I'd be at the school uh, making the biggest fuss you could possibly imagine uh, because nobody has the right to actually cut my child's hair uh, except for me and my wife, her parents. That's, we're the only ones that could do it. If, even if grandparents went, I'd be like, what the hell are you doing, let alone a teacher? You know. So this is just common sense. I will say something I've noticed lately with my kid, and it is a stark difference from myself, uh, and it happened recently because my mother, her grandmother, sent uh, like an activity book uh, like a frozen activity book full, full of stickers. I think it said on the front, like 90 stickers or something. And my kid, when she gets stickers, immediately, immediately, she wants to stick them 
and I won't even say everywhere because uh, she's really good. We have like a couple spots. She has a spot in her room where it's like you can put all the stickers here you want. It's on the side of like a little organizer shelf thing. It's like that's your sticker spot. Uh, she'll put them on her water bottle and on like her – she has like a pencil container box thing that sits on, on her table for doing activities and everything. Uh, so she'll do that, but she will get through some stickers just like that. And today was another example of that because she, she pulled out the stickers this morning. I'm sitting there doing some work. And I see her, and she's just pulling sticker after sticker and putting it on a blank sheet of paper. Sticker, paper, sticker, paper, sticker, paper, which is so different from me. And that's what made me think about this. Uh, I save stickers for no reason. Now, you see, if you watch the video feed, you see there's a ton of stickers on the wall back here. Obviously, I put some stickers up uh, supporting companies and bands and uh, you know breweries, other stuff that, that either I enjoy or they are supporters of, of the podcast itself. Uh, but I tend to get multiple stickers when I do that. Uh, and so I'll put one on the wall and then one sits in a box and I treat it like it's gold for some reason. And I am like, ah, nope, that's not, that's not sticker worthy. Now, of course, with the Go Tell Us the Wall stickers, I'm sticking them everywhere. Uh, if you go to Garden Grove Amphitheater anytime soon, you're going to see some stickers there, uh, which not defacing anything, put them in, putting them in places where there's other stickers, which is what I tend to do. Uh, so th those I, I will be m much more liberal with, but if I only have like one of a type of sticker, I tend to hold on to it, and for no good reason. In fact, I've got a stack of Vans stickers. If you're Vans wear, you know that every pair of Vans comes with a sticker. Stack of them. It's like, why do I need all these? I don't know, but I just keep them in a box. So, I don't know which one of us is more childlike, my, my, my four-year-old who sticks the stickers everywhere immediately, or myself who is treating them uh, like they are bars of gold and, and can't get left anywhere except in a box in the closet. It's in the closet right behind me. I've got a box of stickers, band stickers, you know, brewery stickers, Burning Man stickers, Vans stickers, all kinds of crazy stickers. And they're just there. Uh, you know, I end up using some, but not enough. All right, one more thing I want to mention in the parenting realm, especially if you're a parent and you're possibly dealing with this. Uh, and I'm sure this is nationwide right now, but, but colds, like when you're sick, a cold, uh, starting to run a, go around with the kids right now, at least here in Southern California. And like I said, I'm sure in other areas of the country, state, uh, whatever it might be. In fact, I, I know at least like four or five kids right now who are dealing with colds. Uh, and I bring it up because that can be extra scary. It's extra stressful in this time of COVID. It can be stressful because kids just get sick. I've talked about this on the podcast before. Uh, my kid would get sick and sure enough, two days later, like I'm sick because I'm at home with her all day. You know, and then, and especially when kids go to school, uh, even with wearing masks, sometimes you can catch a cold at school or being out somewhere. Uh, and I know quite a few kids right now that, that are actually dealing with colds, you know, runny noses, slight fevers, everything else. None of them actually having COVID. They've all been tested. Uh, but just keep that in mind. If your kid starts to get a little sick, try to avoid, I mean, get them tested to be sure. But I understand there's extra stress out there because it, it it's actually normal uh, for kids to get sick quite often. They build up their immunity. Uh, they're out around other kids. Uh, kids just get sick. That's just something that normally happens for kids. It's just that stress is exacerbated right now because you immediately, you know, a kid's coughing or something or they got a slight fever and you're like, holy shit, my kid's got COVID. Get them tested to make sure they don't, but also, you know, try to keep yourself calm, especially keeping the kid calm uh, because they could just be dealing with a cold. That could very well be what's happening. My kid had a cold second week of school. She was, she had a cold for like a day. Uh, we kept her out of school for two days because she woke up like on a Wednesday night and was coughing and, and you could tell it's that, you know, post-nasal drip. And it was like, I don't think she's got COVID. And she had just had a test th that day. So it was like, okay, well, if that comes back positive, we know it's a thing. But 
I wasn't as stressed because I was like, ah, I'm pretty sure she's just, she's, and sure enough, she just, she had a cold for like a day, kept her out the next day just in case, and then, you know, boom, she's fine. So it's, that stuff's going around right now. It's the time of year. You know, if we weren't in COVID, this, it'd be perfectly normal for kids to just be getting sick left and right because, because of the time of year we're in and kids are going back to school. Fall's coming up, weather, weather's changing. Like I said, you got to love the cold weather change, but it also brings uh, allergies and, and stuffy noses and those kinds of things. So, so just hang in there, parents, if you're dealing with it, uh, and know that that there's a good chance if you've been responsible that that it's not actually COVID. It could just be a common head cold, you know, post nasal drip, cough, allergies, all those things, because those didn't stop. And and even if you're being hyper vigilant, not being around anybody, you can still get it. It it, it happens. All right, let's get into some common sense. Oh boy. Got some stuff this week. Nothing too hard-hitting. I, f- I feel like the hard-hitting stuff was in the beginning there because we're talking freaking Mississippi and Larry Elder. And I don't like to get political, but this that's common sense stuff. Let's not put a sexist, misogynist, and racist asshole who doesn't believe in common sense things. Let's, let's not make him governor of, a, of, of any state, let alone a very large state within the United States. <laughs> it's a common sense. Uh, this one's just for me, and I want to complain about it for a minute. There's a coffee commercial going around, and here's the thing. I don't even know what the hell kind of coffee. It's a coffee maker. It's a coffee commercial. Coffee. I don't know because I can't figure it out, uh, but it features Brad Pitt. And here's the thing. is I spent a lot of my career in marketing. I get it. I, I understand marketing. And there's a constant running joke, uh, fragrance commercials. But this coffee commercial, it's like a fragrance commercial. You, ever see, you see the Donny, Donny Jepp? Johnny Depp uh, commercials for... And that one I do know, Sauvage, Sauvage, and he's out in the desert, and oh, ooh, oh. I can't even imitate it because I just don't understand fragrance commercials. I I, I rarely wear fragrances. I, I have some some uh, beard balm that smells, I guess. I do, I own one bottle of cologne. I've worn the same kind of cologne for fifteen years, and I you know I get a new bottle every like five six years. I am married now, so. When I was single, I was wearing a little more cologne because, you know, you're going out to bars and trying to meet people and not in a skeevy way, but just you want to smell nice. And, and I do still smell nice for my wife, but I'm, I'm not going out. I'm at home with my four-year-old. I'm not putting on cologne. But we all know these cologne commercials. They get kind of out of hand. But this coffee commercial seems like a, a, a fragrance commercial and a cologne perfume, fragrances. And I still don't understand what, what, what kind of coffee it's for, if it's a coffee maker. And the other thing that gets me is it's Brad Pitt not saying anything. And half of the commercial is here. Look at my very large house that most of you cannot afford. But get this coffee maker or this brand of coffee. And you can be like me. Again, I spent a lot of my career in marketing. I understand how it works. Uh, but let's not imitate fragrance commercials and, and translate that to all kinds of other marketing. We put up with it in fragrance commercials because we're so used to it. And it's just kind of a thing. And you're like, all right, perfume, cologne, whatever. We don't need more of it. We just don't. Oh, I was watching some some sport sports highlights yesterday, a little bit. Uh, I did enjoy some college football. It was interesting. I I will say, uh, college football right now is infuriating. Uh, Penn State University had a game yesterday. That stadium holds like a hundred thousand people, and I'm watching part of the game. Not a single mask in sight. They're all yelling, crowded on top of each other. Not a single mask in sight. Let's put on some damn masks, Pennsylvania. Might might be a good idea. You know, and hopefully they are requiring proof of vaccination or negative tests to actually get into the game. But who knows? Uh, but another highlight I caught yesterday was was a couple of guys from the San Diego Padres. Uh, they were arguing in the dugout. If you're not familiar with baseball, that's that's where the players sit when they're not actually on the field. It's called the dugout. 
I know it seems silly, but we have a lot of fans that have no, know nothing about baseball. Uh, so that's where the guys are sitting. And these two athletes, these two baseball players, they start yelling at each other. And if you catch the uncut video, because uh, I think a fan was sitting near the dugout and shot video of it, a lot of lot of f bombs being thrown there, quite a few. Uh, and it it was it was slightly entertaining. I'll, I will give them that. Uh, and while I do appreciate the passion when it comes to professional sports, I felt the need to to point out uh, that we're watching millionaires argue. They're both literally both millionaires, multi-millionaires. Uh, they get paid millions of dollars to play a game. Uh, and of course, we're all a lot of the the sports fan world is enraptured in their argument, and it's like. And, and there's two sides of it. Look at that passion. And then there's like, oh, God, that's some dysfunction on that baseball team. Uh, and to me, I'm watching it. I, you know, I laughed for a second. I was like, dang, he's throwing some F-bombs at him. But then I was like, eh, why, why do I care about millionaires yelling at each other while they're playing a game? Common sense says we don't really need to worry about that. Uh, and on top of that, the Padres are just, they're a complete mess. I'm from San Diego. I pretty much grew up, grew up in San Diego. And, uh, you know, came to L.A. for college. I've been in L.A. for longer than I've lived anywhere else, including San Diego. Uh, so I'd call myself a, a Los Angeles person now. Uh, but I am quite familiar with San Diego, and I, I see my friends every year with the Padres. Oh, this is our year. This is our year. <laughs> nope. <laughs> no, it's like, you know, hey, calm down a little bit. Let's, you know, and such fair weather fans down there. Now, I know I even have listeners that are from San Diego and that I either know personally or or have interacted with me. I, I, I do know there are passionate fans down there who just appreciate sports in their city. That's fine. This isn't everybody, uh, but there are a lot of Fairweather fans out there, and if you don't know what that means, it's, they're only they're only into the teams when they're doing well. You know? I I lived down there when the Chargers couldn't even give away tickets. The San Diego Chargers, now the Los Angeles Chargers, couldn't even give away tickets to come to their stadium. Saw a lot of games in the late 90s. I just, yeah, sure, I'll go sit and watch a football game and Drink a soda and have some peanuts, you know. This, I, this is before I could drink. Late nineties. So ah, peanuts. Well, right around that time, I was definitely going while I could drink at one point too. But you get where I'm going with this one. All right, uh, here I'm gonna. And this could have fallen into trending on digital, but I'm seeing another one of these, and I brought it up recently. How people complain. My phone is listening. My phone is listening. But then they post stuff, and they're like, "Here's the last four digits of my credit card number," because this is gonna tell me. What's in my future or whatever else? There's an, there's one going on right now, and it's it's something along the lines of there are 800 seats in heaven. Uh, to to figure out what seat you would have, post the last three digits of your phone number. <laughs> like really, Th this is just they're harvesting information from you, uh, either either from a marketing standpoint or God forbid from to steal your identity. Just stop. Nobody cares what kind of potato you're, you're supposed to be. Nobody cares what your star sign says about what's going to happen this year. Stop posting these things. Don't post your phone number. Don't, po don't post your credit card. Social security. All this stuff. Name your first pet. Enough with it. Nobody cares what, what seat number you are in heaven. If you want to do it in your own mind, that's fine. Like, oh, I'm 234. That's not the last three digits of my, my cell phone number, so don't try to figure it out based on that. It's literally just 234. Just pull those numbers out of my, my head here. It's amazing to me. Common sense. Stop posting these things. Stop posting them. Stop commenting on them. Stop sharing them. Just stop. Stop. And then and then complain. Oh, my phone's always listening. Like, no, your phone's not listening, you asshole. You're, you're posting it yourself. You're, you're giving the information. No one's taking it. You're just, you're like readily volunteering the information. Stop. This gets me every time. Speaking of social media, can we also knock off the cryptic social media posts? 
I've alluded to this before. I I only understand like I there was a time where I was understanding half of Twitter. That's that's definitely gone down to like a third at best now. You go on there and people are like, oh blah blah blah, and I'm like, what? You know, they're like, oh that Becky, and like what? Who's Becky? I don't know who the hell Becky is. You're posting this for like two people who also know who Becky is. And I I I mean I know some Beckys, but like but I'm I'm literally going off the uh, the. Oh my gosh, blanking on the name, but you know I like big butts guy. In that phrase from that's literally where I just pulled that name from. So anyway, like I don't understand what you're talking about. Why why am I following you when I don't understand anything you post? Really getting to me. So stop the cryptic stuff. Give us a little bit of information for the love of God. Huh. Every time. And it's not effective. <laughs> you know, it's effective for like two people who also know that person. Or who also know what the hell you're talking about. I, I don't get it. Uh, and that, that goes also goes for beating social trends to death. We get it. Steve from Blue's Clues. Okay. Stop. Stop. 15,000 of the same meme. Like, yes, we know he did a thing and you're going to change it all. Like, don't, we don't need to beat every trend to absolute death. We don't. Now, I do get amusement out of some of them, but when it's been like weeks of the same thing, you're like, okay. Or like the Leo DiCaprio, like, smirking thing. Like, yeah, okay, I get it. You took this still from a movie with Leo DiCaprio and it's on freaking everything. We don't have to beat everything to death. Honestly. All right, entertainment news. Let's talk about what I'm listening to this week. This is actually a band that's new to me. I talked about Bite Me Bambi last week that I have become recently become absolutely obsessed with. For those of you not watching the video feed, uh, I am wearing my Bite Me Bambi rose t-shirt, which which hits multiple things for me. I love band t-shirts. It is black. Most of my t-shirts, like 98% of my t-shirts are black, uh, and it features a rose on it. My my, which I have a I have a a I am partial to roses, uh, partly because of my family, my wife's family, and my daughter. I, I love roses. If it's got a rose on it, I'm probably going to buy it if it has to do with something I also enjoy. I'm not just buying everything with a... Give me all the roses. No, no, no. But Bite Me Bambi, rose, nice. Give it to me. So I am wearing my Bite Me Bambi shirt. Uh, but I want to talk about another band I've been listening to recently, and that is a, a band called Half Past Two. This is a ska band uh, out of Southern California. I believe they're out of Fullerton. Uh, don't quote me on that, but they are out of Southern California. Uh, and I was actually shocked. I saw them at Bruce Gosca, which I think I mentioned last week. Uh, but I finally took some time to go and, and download some of their music, uh, purchase a couple albums. Uh, and I was shocked, shocked to find out that this band has actually been around since like 2007. I was like, oh, they probably have a couple albums because I've, I've heard of them over the past couple years and hadn't really paid much attention. It's hard to keep up with all the bands, you know, until they're right in front of me. And then I'm like, oh, give it, give me all the music from them. Uh, and I was shocked. Two, like 2007, they had an album come out in 2007. Uh, so I've been listening to a lot of a lot of them. Uh, and if you if you love uh, especially third wave ska, really any kind of ska, if you love especially third wave, um, so check them out. Half Past Two uh, out of Southern California. They have a new album coming out in October, uh, and I believe they are doing a an if you're in Southern California, they are doing an album release party uh, at House of Blues Anaheim. Uh, sometime in October. I don't have that exact date on me. I might be checking it out myself. If I'm heading there myself, I'll, of course, talk about it on the podcast and, and possibly run into some some either wall fans or just people that I know from all the shows uh, at that record release party. Now, speaking of recent shows, uh, I had the pleasure of going to Garden Grove Amphitheater on Friday. Uh, 
The pleasure was was actually being there. The drive there was not such a pleasure. Uh, I, I'm spoiled. I didn't have to drive. My sis Laura drove us down there. A lot of traffic. For those of you familiar with Los Angeles, it was a Friday. It was a rush hour. We sat in quite a bit of traffic. Thank God for that, that Waze stuff, uh, which takes you around some of the traffic. We actually ended up on some streets instead of just taking the freeway all the way down, which helped us get down there a little quicker. But damn, some traffic going down there. And Garden Grove is not close to... Uh, where I live in Los Angeles, it's a bit of a trek regardless of traffic. Uh, but when you're sitting in rush hour traffic trying to get down there, uh, of course, well worth it. Well worth it. Uh, I I love Chaser. I've talked about Chaser many times on this podcast. We've had a Chaser t-shirt on the podcast. We've got a Chaser sticker right behind me on the sticker wall here. Uh, shout out to Mike uh, and all those guys, but especially Mike. I interact with Mike on online and actually was able to hook it up with uh, some guest list passes. Uh, so made the made the drive down there. Uh, all the less annoying because <laughs> it was like, yeah, no, we're on the guest list. Let's go check this out. Uh, and Garden Grove Amphitheater uh, is a funky, funky little venue. It is actually an amphitheater. Uh, there's seats. It's outside. Uh, now, it reminds me very much of, and I'm going to date myself here, uh, open-air amphitheater, uh, open-air theater, the oat. We used to call it the oat. I believe it's been called a few different things since then. It was called open-air theater, which was an amphitheater on the SDSU campus down there in San Diego. I uh, saw quite a few shows there, namely X-Fest, uh, saw Unwritten Law there. I think I've told the story of Sprung Monkey uh, creating a riot at a concert. That actually happened at Open Air Theater. Uh, the The difference is, there's two two main differences. It has the same feel, because you go in, you're outside, it's, it's, an, it's an amphitheater. Uh, there are seats. Uh, at the one in San Diego, the orchestra pit is still seats. Uh, so while it is bigger, so you can fit more people, uh, there's no actual pit area. And with Garden Grove Amphitheater, there is a pit area that you can stand right in front of the stage uh, and actually get closer to the bands and not be tripping over seats and, you know, if you're trying to jump around and everything else. Uh, I, and <laughs> very funky but cool. And I will say I got myself into a little bit of trouble. I'm not going to mention names. Adam and Andy. Uh, might have had, a, may have had a, a beer too many that night, I will say. But it's dangerous when you're just hanging out and someone, here you go, here you go, here's a beer, here's a beer. And I was like, toward the end of the night, I went, okay, I got got to stop. I'm done now. Uh, somebody please give me a burrito. So, a little dangerous, but it happens. Thank you, Adam and Andy. <laughs> Some good friends from the show. Might have been handing me a few too many beers, uh, but I did have a fantastic time. Had a little headache the next morning, <laughs> but uh, great time at the Chaser Show down there in Garden Grove. All right, show I've been watching lately, and I'm sure... Unless you've been living under a rock, if you're into kind of the same stuff that I talk about here on the podcast, uh, you've probably checked out this show already, and it's Reservation Dogs. Uh, it's on Hulu, uh, and I, I, I'm not sure if it's a Hulu original, to be honest. It might be like an FX show, uh, but you, if you have Hulu, you can get it on Hulu. The, the new episodes go up there on Hulu. Uh, I've been watching it. Can't recommend it enough. It is a bit of a dark comedy. Um, it's not, not the same by any means, but it has the same kind of feel as ATL. Uh, with Donald Glover, where it's a comedy, but it's kind of a dry, not dark, dark comedy, but darker comedy. Um, highly, highly recommend uh, checking out Reservation Dogs. It's airing right now. I think new episodes come out like Mondays, and then they pop up on Hulu uh, like the next day, or that day if it's a Hulu original. It's either a Hulu original or it's on like FX or you know one of those. Uh, it's not a network show. It is it is cable network show and or a and or possibly or. Uh, a Hulu original, so check out Reservation Dogs. Can't recommend it enough. Uh, we got some news about a remake, because we got to remake everything. Everything's a freaking remake. 
Uh, and of course, I joke about that, but then I'm such a sucker for remakes. Like I'm like, oh, oh, Cobra Kai. All right, yeah, no, give me more Karate Kid, but then I'll make fun of something. So don't ever listen to me when it comes to that. But I will say, uh, I am a little bit excited about this one. We just got an announcement from Warner Brothers uh, that they are remaking Lost Boys. Yes, that Lost Boys. Uh, I love Lost Boys in the 80s. Big, big time fan. I was terrified of vampires as a kid. Uh, but when you added some comedy and kind of action to it, I was like, yes, give it to me. Uh, just like Monster Squad and kind of those. It, it's, it's different. It's not the same as Monster Squad, but I got it very much into those uh, as opposed to not being into like Bram Stoker's Dracula and the, the kind of scarier, darker stuff. Uh, so that's come that that remake is coming out at some point here. I will say one thing that's extremely important uh, is it better there better be a buff shirtless saxophone player, otherwise they have completely not done justice to the original. Uh, so we'll be looking looking for one. That's probably got a while. It just just got announced and greenlit, so we probably got a year or two until that actually comes out. All right, and last thing I'm going to leave you with uh, in the entertainment news realm: uh, the Emmys are tonight. The Emmy Awards. This is for television, and I don't know. They give them out from. I'm such a horrible film school graduate and a, a marketing professional. I did spend a lot of my, my schooling in film school and my, my marketing career watching stuff like the Oscars and the Emmys. I had to. Uh, since then, I, I no longer have an interest in these things. It's, it's wealthy people celebrating themselves. If you have an interest in it, it's fine. Uh, I know a lot of people in the industry, literally people that win like Emmys you know, for, for, for various things. Uh, so, so I get it, but just not for me. But it is on tonight if you want to. Watch some wealthy people walk a red carpet in, in nice dresses and tuxedos and everything else uh, and, and pick up some, some golden statues. Uh, that's going to be available for you tonight. I will be watching something with my kid uh, and, and barbecuing a little little bratwurst and hamburgers and probably hot dogs uh, for dinner tonight. So that, that's going to be my evening instead of uh, watching the Emmy, Emmy Awards. The Emmys. That's just not for me. I wouldn't fault anyone for watching it. I'm just, but every time it comes, like the same thing, Oscars. All I'm like, eh. The Video Music Awards. Which I watched two minutes of the Video Music Awards. I think I mentioned that. I was like, oh boy, this, this is not for me. No, 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 no. All right, that is gonna do it for us. I'm a little bit exhausted. I don't know why. I think I just I need to hydrate a little more here. And if you're not watching the video feed, I did touch up my hair. Uh, I think going to some. Like 95 degree weather day concerts made the hair fade a little bit. It is much more purple now. Of course, it's growing out. Uh, that's one thing. I age so much of me ages ridiculously, and I have gray hair. Uh, but I, I, my hair, I have a lot of it. I have not all gray hair, but I do have a lot of hair, and it grows very fast. Uh, so, like a week after dying, I was like, "Oh yeah, no, there's the hair. My roots, roots. Is that what you say? My, my roots are showing. My roots are showing." Uh, but I did do a little little touch-up there, re-dyed it, and now it's... Which comes in handy. Because I get spotted at shows now. My, my friend Jen, in fact, I was watching Chaser. I'm looking, I'm like, I know I know they're here. Where are they? Couldn't spot her. And then she comes walking out. She's like, I spotted you from your hair. And I was like, perfect. Good stuff. <laughs> All right, on that note, the purple hair note, we're going to call it an episode. Uh, we should be back next week. Same wall place, same wall time. Uh, don't forget to to follow our page on Facebook, facebook.com slash go tell it to the wall. Uh, also, YouTube, youtube.com slash go tell it to the wall. You just got to remember go tell it to the wall, uh, of course, except for this one. And that would be my own personal Instagram, which is at SoCalSean, S-O-C-A-L-S-E-A-N. And, of course, SeanO'RourkeLive.com, uh, which will link you to all those things, give you blog posts, photos you won't find anywhere else, all that good stuff. Uh, and also links to our Patreon page and our merch website. Pick up some Common Sense merch. All right, uh, this has been 
episode 58 of Common Sense Sundays with Go Tell It to the Wall, hosted by me, of course, your absolute favorite podcast host, the one and only Sean O'Rourke. And remember, Wall fans, Common Sensors, podcast consumers, no matter what you do, no matter where you go, no matter who you're with, no matter why, you are doing it. Always, always use Common Sense.